Morning, everybody. We're going to continue our series, Heartbeat, which is these are the things that are the rhythms or the characteristics of uh, what we feel should be us as a church uh, to be making healthy disciples. Um, but before we kick in, I just want to quickly pray as well, if that's all right. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your spirit. And I ask that as we, we dig into your word today, God, that your spirit would be moving amongst this church that we would listen to what you're saying to us. Lord, that we would uh, think of those people who are on the outer. We would think of those people who don't know you yet. That we would rapidly include them into relationship with ourselves and with you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Uh, Last week, Danny started off this series, the Heartbeat series, talking about how we should focus on Jesus and I think that today as we're talking about rapid inclusion, this is, this is who we want to be. These are the, the things that help us make disciples. Rapid inclusion, I think it's only apt that we start uh, by focusing on Jesus. So we're just going to get right into it because I know I tend to go <clears throat> over time. So I'm just going to go. <laughs> um, so turn with me to Luke 5 if you've got your Bibles with you. Otherwise, it's on the screen. And we see Jesus not only rapidly including but uh, radically including people in this. It says, one day, Jesus, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night, all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realised what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now, you'll be fisher for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. But if we keep reading, there's another example of of Jesus radically including, I'll come back, don't worry, I'm not going to skim over this too quickly. And this is uh, Matthew. So this was Simon Peter and his mates, and this is Matthew now, who was also called Levi. said, later as Jesus uh, left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. And again, so Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as his guest of honour. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. 
I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who they know uh, know they are sinners and need to repent. This, as I said, was rapid inclusion, but what we need to understand is this was also radical inclusion. This uh, was against society. This turned everything on its head, and it shouldn't have been done, but Jesus is going including people who shouldn't have been included. Not only, as we see here, they were tax collectors and, as they say, scum, but particularly these disciples is that they were the rejects. And you might be sitting here going, how are they rejects? They did amazing things for God. But we've got to take our 2023 goggles off just for a moment and we put our first century Jewish culture goggles on and we can see that something interesting has been happening in this situation. You see, if we put in our first century Jewish culture goggles, we see that uh, we understand that boys, particularly young boys, would learn everything they could about the Torah. They would learn everything they could about the law, about the prophets and the sages. (laughs) And they would try and gather as much information as they could because when they were 13 years old, they'd be able to go to a rabbi and say, can I be your disciple? You see, for many of our young people today, the goal is to be an NBA player or a social media influencer or a YouTube star or a footy player, or something of those sorts. But back in those days, the pinnacle, the thing that the boys wanted to be, was a disciple of a rabbi, so they could do the work of the Lord. And when they were 13, they would go to a rabbi and say, can I be your disciple? Paolo, 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 there we go, I've always struggled with that one. Paolo Coelho uh, says it like this. He says, a rabbi would question you. He would seek to determine your scriptural knowledge. He would question you regarding the sages and the prophets and dig into your interpretation of the scriptures and various laws. Ultimately, the rabbi would be seeking to answer just one question, and that is, can this potential disciple really become just like me? Or putting it another way, can this potential disciple become a mirror image of me? And if they could then they would be taken on as a disciple under a rabbi. But if they couldn't, the rabbi would say, you aren't good enough, you go and do the family trade. And that was it. That was your chance. That was your opportunity. If you missed it, it was gone. You weren't going to be a disciple. Now, all of the disciples were older than 13. So these guys had already been through this process and were rejected, 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 rejected. And then here comes Jesus and goes, hey, you're a reject, follow me. You who were told you weren't good enough, come with me. You who carries all that baggage and has that history, come with me. So radical that Jesus' whole thing was rapid inclusion. This isn't an isolated event. You look at Jesus being inclusive, there's prostitutes and tax collectors. And as Luke 15 calls people, notorious sinners. These are the people that Jesus said, hey, you, I see you. You've been rejected by everybody else, left on the outskirts by everybody else, but come and follow me. Come and follow me. We see really amazing examples. (laughs) The woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8. We see the Samaritan woman in John 4. 
the thief on the cross in Luke 23, literally as Jesus is dying, he is still rapidly including people into the kingdom. When the children come to Jesus and they say, leave him alone in Luke 18, he says, no, let them come. But also it's the whole, the whole gospel. The entirety of the gospel is that you and I, who are sinners, who come with baggage, who have a history, who are rejects in, in many different ways, can come to Jesus and he says, come, welcome, be part of this. That's rapid inclusion. It's the whole MO of Jesus, is that you and me uh, are rapidly included into relationship with him. Now, if you're like me, thinking of this kind of rapid inclusion, you start thinking of some really practical questions that exist and should exist within our society. Questions like, what if someone doesn't fit into my friend group? How do I rapidly include them? What if someone's interests or skill sets are totally different to mine, and I know that we won't really click and get along, how do I rapidly include them? What if I want to connect someone into serving and they're a little bit different to what I am like? Can you imagine if someone came up to me and said, Ads, I want to serve, but you know what? I really, man, I hate youth. Youth is the worst. They break everything. It's always a smell of BO in Lynx Africa, everywhere. I just can't serve in youth. I hate youth. Youth is just the worst. How crazy would it be if me going, okay, Ads, rapid inclusion. Do you want to serve on the youth team? Like, that would be ridiculous of me, right? So there's wisdom in rapid inclusion. Because rapid inclusion can't just be everyone come to me into what I'm doing and the, the circles that I'm in because it may not work for everybody. And we see this kind of wisdom in Jesus as well. You see the man with the, uh, was possessed by a demon and he was possessed and he was, uh, he was going and sleeping in the tombs and he was shackled up and he was breaking the shackles. And then when Jesus comes along, he's fearful of Jesus, and he says, cast me into the pigs, and he does. And then when he finally gets healed, when he gets uh, delivered from this demon, the man turns to Jesus, and he says, uh, the man who'd been freed to the demons uh, begged to go with him, it's Jesus, but Jesus sent him home, saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. When we think about rapid inclusion, we take on this responsibility as it must be my thing, it must be my circle of friends, it must be my inner, it's got to be everything with me. So what we do is we think, okay, how do I involve them in what I'm doing? And if they're not built for that, it doesn't work. So Jesus here is saying, the best place for you, even though you've been healed, even though you've been delivered, even though now you're part of this, you're part of this kingdom, is not with my disciples walking around. The best place for you is actually to take what's happened here and go and tell others what's happened. And those people wouldn't have heard. Those people wouldn't have been freed. Those people wouldn't have heard the amazing things that Jesus has and can do in lives if he'd stayed with the disciples. So Jesus looked at it and go, you know what? The best place for you, rapid inclusion, is actually over here, not right here with my disciples. Let me, let me break it down for us. When we think of rapid inclusion, sometimes we might think, okay, that means, all right, someone needs rapid inclusion, they need to join my life group. That's, that's, the, that's something I'm, I know we need to do. All right, come and join my life group. Or, okay, well, I've got friends. Hey, me and my mates are going out. We're going to get some burgers after church. Do you want to come with us? You know, how do I involve you in my, 
my circle of friends. Maybe it's to serve on the team that I'm serving on. Okay, youth. Yeah, I'm a ser- I work in youth. Okay, cool. You, you want to be included? Why don't you come and join the youth team? Or come and sit with me. You come to church and there's someone who you don't know and you say, hey, you know what? Come and sit next to me. But what if, just what if, there are other ways of rapidly including people that aren't so direct to you? What if instead it might be, hey, I know a great life group for you. It's not my life group, but I know it would fit you better. What if, okay, what if I, I, I can connect you with other people? Because I know, again, our interests are a little bit different, and I know that, you know, what you're looking for, that group of people would actually suit you better. What if serving elsewhere is the thing? You know, every ministry leader in this room right now is going, you know what, we always need leaders. But what if someone comes to you and says, I want to serve, and the best place to serve is not with you, but with somebody else? Let me introduce you to someone else. I know a friendship group that would be perfect for you. And what if it's exclusive to you and I immediately? Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it is the first group. And I don't want you to look at the second group and go, oh, cool, that's what rapid inclusion looks like. I never have to invite someone out for dinner. I never have to invite them to my life group. I never have to invite them to serve on my team. Sometimes it looks like this. And sometimes it looks like that. But here's something I really want us to grasp desperately. is that these are vehicles. These are vehicles. These, this, this is a vehicle for the kind of rapid inclusion we're talking about. This series is called Heartbeat. It's not called Hands Do Things. It's not called Feet Go Places. It's called Heartbeat. So what's the heartbeat of all this? Because these are vehicles for a heartbeat. These are vehicles for what we should desire. So what does true rapid inclusion look like? What's the heartbeat of rapid inclusion? It's this, is that I want you to be rapidly included into Jesus. However that looks. My heart for you is that you will connect with Jesus and that you will, con- uh, you will serve him, you will love him, you will listen to him in community But first and foremost, it's Jesus. Because we all know we can do the things on the left and the right and be void of Jesus. It's Jesus only. Now, I want you to think of some people who are on the outer, people who you know who are on the outer, people who don't know Jesus, people who should be included. And if if your mindset goes to, yeah, this looks awesome ads, but, but not them. If your heart goes to, yeah, but not them, they have way too much baggage. They're really difficult to work with. They come with a history of, that I don't like. Or not them because I just don't like them. If that's you, then you've missed the heart of the gospel of Jesus. We can't have a heart of not them. As the Casting Crowns lyric says, Jesus paid much too high a price for us to pick and choose who can come. That's not our decision. Everyone is God's will that all will come to repentance. God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God demonstrates his love to us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us, all of us. We don't get to choose. That's not your and my decision everyone 
if they're too difficult, if they come with a history that's horrible, if they come with, with, with pain and you don't like them, rapid inclusion. Rapid inclusion. So what do you want for the person in front of you, the person next to you? those flying under the radar, those who are alone, those you don't usually associate with. Let our heart's desire be rapid inclusion into Jesus Christ, our King. And when we rapidly include someone, there's an interesting byproduct, an awesome byproduct that happens because the heart is inclusion into Jesus. But when people get included into Jesus, great things happen. Yeah? People's lives get changed. The kingdom is better for it. You know, I was chatting to Roma in the cafe this week and I was talking a little bit about this. And she goes, Ads, it's like a photograph. And I said, tell me a little bit more about that. Why is this like a photograph? She goes, when you take a photo of someone, you get a picture of them right there and then. And maybe in that picture you can get hints and clues into what their past might have been. But you have no idea what their future looks like. A photograph can't tell you that. That's the same with rapid inclusion. You can see what a person is like here and now. You can get clues as to what they were like before. But we have no idea what God's going to do in the future and how someone's life can be transformed. Let me give you an example. Uh, 1999. (laughs) Usually when I say stuff like this, I'm used to saying it at youth group and everyone's like, whoa, he's old. (laughs) But I know I can say it here and some of you are like, wow, he's young. That's why I put it, just to encourage myself. <laughs> 1999, um, someone in our family did something wrong and the police got involved and that person went to jail. And when they went to jail, the story of them going to jail and what they'd done wrong was page two of the Herald Sun. Page two. I was in high school. <laughs> Can you imagine what that felt like? I had to go to school the next day knowing that all the parents of my classmates had read the Herald Sun and probably showed their kids, hey, is this your mate? Is this someone who goes to your school? Is this someone in your classroom? And I had to go to school knowing that everybody else knew what was going on in my personal life. And when I went to school, I was horrendously bullied. Horrendously, maliciously, relentlessly bullied. To the point where I'm like, you know what, I need to just get through high school. And the only way I could figure out to get through high school safely was to disappear. So when I went into a room, I figured out ways that people wouldn't see me. uh, Places to sit. If I knew the answers to questions, I would never put my hand up and say, yep, I know the answer to that. Because people would be going, oh yeah, Ads is here, let's pick on him. I would figure out ways to fly under the radar the best that I could. And man, I got really good at it. Rapid inclusion was actually something I didn't want because I knew that as soon as I was included, I got bullied. I ended up getting sent to a camp. And at that camp, I met Jesus, um, which was awesome. Um, But here's the interesting thing is I met Jesus, but I still was unsure about people. And I didn't really want to get involved with people. So every time there was a small group, every time there was a meal time, I made sure that I went with the same rules I did when I was at school. Sit on the outer, fly under the radar, do not be seen. 
And I had a leader, and his name was Bruce Bartlett. And Bruce, every single mealtime, when we were about to start our mealtime, he'd be like, whoa, 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 boys, hang on. Where's Adam? Adam, come on. And he'd bring me in. Every time there was a small group, they'd start talking, and I'd be sitting off at a bush just playing with leaves or something because I didn't want to be seen. And he'd be like, hang on, we can't start yet. Ads, Ads isn't here. Adam's not here. Adam, where's that? Oh, there he is. Adam, come on, come in, come in. And I learned very quickly that, you know what, not everyone's like my friends at school. But here's the interesting thing, is rapid inclusion from Bruce Bartlett made me understand what rapid inclusion from Jesus could actually be like. Because when you've got someone who's gone through something for so long and their defense mechanism is don't be seen, don't be included, don't trust anybody, when you get told, hey, trust Jesus with everything, it can be quite difficult. But Bruce Bartlett example to me what it meant to be rapidly included. Now, I don't look at Bruce and put him on this pedestal of like, well, let's worship Bruce. He was imitating Christ. And because of what he did, I can now understand what Christ is like so much better. So much more. If there is someone in, you, uh, in your life right now that does not have a relationship with Jesus, I would pray, ask you to prayerfully consider how you can rapidly include them into relationship with him. What are the steps that you can take? Can you be Bruce to somebody? Can you be Bruce to somebody? And I remember when I wrote this, I thought, oh, be Bruce to someone, that sounds a little bit sacrilegious. Maybe I should say put Je- be Jesus to somebody. Yes, be Jesus to somebody. But in, within the context of this story, Bruce showed me what it was like in a relationship with Jesus. Some people may not know. Some people know but they don't know in their hearts. They haven't felt it. Be that person that go, hey, this is what Jesus is like. Rapid inclusion. Doesn't, whatever you've been through. No, doesn't matter. Come in. You're welcome. Maybe that person is you. Maybe you're sitting here today and going, you know what? I don't feel included. I don't feel like I'm part of anything big. Do I, I don't even know if I feel like Jesus wants me. Maybe that's you today. If that's you, I just want to say this to you. You are included. We want you here. In fact, we are so glad that you are here. Um, but let these words from Isaiah 55 just wash over you. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. If that's you today and you're just like, you know what, I don't feel included. I don't feel like Jesus actually wants me. Can I just speak against that? (laughs) We bind that in the name of Jesus. Because what we see throughout all of Scripture is a God who desperately, desperately wants you and I. He wants you so much so that he'd send his son to die. You are rapidly included. Jesus' arms are wide open. All you've got to do is walk up and say, I accept Jesus. Thank you for welcoming me.
We serve a good God. A really good God. You don't know everything I've done. I do. I don't know everything you've done, and you do. And for all of us, Jesus just says, come to me. Come to me. Don't let your circumstances, your history, your baggage, your pain, your mental health, your physical health, anything stop you from coming to the loving arms of Jesus. That's what rapid inclusion looks like. And how is this part of our Heartbeat series? We should genuinely want this for everybody else. This should be our heart's desire. How beautiful is it to go, Jesus accepts me no matter what. What an amazing revelation. What a beautiful truth. Let's make sure everyone knows it, yeah? Because when they do, I reckon that's rapid inclusion. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for who you are. That no matter what we've been through, what we're carrying, say you just love us. <laughs> and you welcome us into your family. All of our sins are erased. All of our pain comes at the foot of the cross. All anxieties and depression can come there to die, Lord. You want the very best for us. You include us in your kingdom. You include us into a relationship with you and you include us into a mission for you. And for that, we give you all praise and all glory forever and ever. If there are people in our lives, God, who, who need to hear this truth, we ask that you would stir our hearts, Lord, that you would align our hearts with yours to be passionate, to be excited, to be, to be uh, zealous, to let them know how much you want them. Let us be a rapidly inclusive church. Let us love radically for you in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.